Well, November this year is quite the month of change. <laughs> we have an election, daylight savings time ends, and the nights quickly get longer and longer. Astronomically, we have all five naked eye planets easily visible at different parts of the night. The Leonids will grace the sky during the mid-month, mid-month, and the moon makes its monthly visits in line with the planet. Welcome to Observing with Webb for November of 2020, where a high school astronomy teacher tells you what you're looking at, why it's so cool, and what you should check out later this month at night. All right, we've got some uh, interesting stuff for November. Uh, and in fact, stay tuned to the socials and your email because um, I'm looking into doing something a little extra coming up um, with a good friend of mine. And uh, the words live streaming have been emailed back and forth for a bit. So stay tuned. Um, might be some live stuff going on. So anyway. Uh, don't forget that you can find this on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, also Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, but I'll get to the rest of that later on. Let's start off talking about those easy bright spots in the sky to find, the Naked Eye Planets. All right, the two main ones at sunset will be Saturn and Jupiter yet again. All you have to do is just look, well, south, southwest after sunset, but make sure it's before 10.30 p.m., at least at the beginning of the month, but before 8.30 p.m. at the end of the month because that's when they set. All you do is look south or southwest and find the two really bright points of light fairly close together. In fact, they start off about five degrees apart, that's three finger widths at arm's length, and at the end of the month on the 30th, they are only two degrees apart, which is just two pinky widths. Now, to find Jupiter, just look for the brightest spot that is no more than 30 degrees above the horizon. And then Saturn will be to the left. Now, Saturn will be dimmer than Jupiter, but brighter than everything else around it. The great thing is, is that, well, these are great for binoculars and telescopes, even the beginners. Uh, you can see the rings of Saturn and the moons of Jupiter fairly easily with even an um, amateur telescope. Um, and you don't have to do much to switch from one planet to the other. In fact, um, now's a really good time to get some practice in because in a month, on December 21st, these two planets will have a brilliant conjunction, meaning they will be less than a degree apart. So Saturn and Jupiter off in the southwest, south-southwest. Now Mars is also up at sunset, but I call it a throughout the night planet, probably last time for, uh, for this year. Uh, but Mars, you can just look east or southeast around sunset uh, it, at about 1030. It's, at, it's in the south. And all you have to do is look for the non-twinkling reddish-orange dot. And it's much brighter than everything around it. Uh, but if you're looking in the morning, you need to look to the west because it's setting. Uh, but you have to get out there before it sets at 5 a.m. at the beginning of the month or 3 a.m. at the end of the month. And then we've got the other two naked eye planets, Venus and Mercury, showing themselves off in the morning. And they're both in the east. So if you're driving to work in the morning and you're driving toward the east, you should be able to see this. 
Uh, Venus will rise in the east around 4.30 in the morning on November 1st, and it rises a bit later, 5.45 on the 30th. So you have a little range there, but it's bright, it's brilliant, it's gorgeous. And you want to get your looks in now because it dives closer and closer to the sun throughout December, and it stays close to the sun until summer of 2021. Now, Mercury is always tough to see. See, Venus can stray as much as about, I think, 44 degrees from the sun. Mercury can only get about 22 degrees away from the sun. So it's usually tough to see. But this is a particularly good month. It's right in the middle of November when it's furthest from the sun. So what you have to do is get out after 645, but before sunrise, about an hour later, uh, and look east, south, east, okay? Uh, so after 6.45 a.m., but before sunrise, which is about an hour later. And it will be low on the east-southeast horizon, down into the left of Venus. So if you're looking at Venus, you're pretty much looking in the direction of Mercury. Now it's going to be dimmer than Venus, but brighter than the surrounding stars. And the last week of November is when it dives back toward the sun and then gets lower in the sky and harder to find. So let's review. In the mornings, we've got, the, we've got Venus and Mercury in the east. At sunset, we've got Saturn and Jupiter in the south-southwest and Mars in the east-southeast. All right, let's talk about some of these events. Let's start off with the lunar phases pretty quick. Um, beginning of the month, we start off with a waning gibbous where it's mostly lit and rises later at night. The last quarter moon is on the 8th, which means the left half is lit up and it's visible from midnight into the morning. Then you start getting some morning crescents, beautiful sights if you're getting up in the morning, look east. Until the 15th, which is when we have a full, or sorry, a new moon. And then after the new moon come the wonderful evening crescent. So you look west after sunset to find some crescent moons. Then a week later on the 22nd, you've got the first quarter moon where the right half is lit up, but you can only see it until midnight. Then you start getting some evening gibbous moons where it's mostly lit and up for most of the night. And then the 30th is our full moon. And then we've got some lunar encounters and the Leonid meteor shower. Let's go in date order. And the first thing you can really see is on the 11th to the 13th. And that's a close encounter between the moon, Venus, and Mercury. It's Venus and Mercury, so it's in the morning. So make sure you have a nice view of the eastern horizon at least 45 minutes before sunrise, which is about 645. Venus and the moon should be easy to spot with Venus being very bright and the moon being its big, beautiful crescent. Now, on the 11th, the moon will be about two fist widths above Venus, with Mercury below Venus. Then on the morning of the 12th, the moon will have moved to be within six degrees, or about three finger widths, above Venus. Now, the best part of this close encounter is on the morning of Friday the 13th. That's when the moon will be in between Venus and Mercury. Then, just uh, less than a week later, you've got the Leonid meteor 
shower, which is on the 17th. Now, you can see meteors, you can see Leonid meteors, you know, pretty much a week leading up to and after. Uh, so keep an eye out all the time, but the best time to look is on the 17th. This annual meteor shower, which is normally kind of weak, only about 10 to 15 per hour, um, is pretty good, but it can have some really good years uh, if the conditions are right. Now, 2020 appears to be decent. Why? Well, we essentially have a new moon, so there's no extra light pollution to interfere. Uh, and you want to get up early in the morning on Thursday the 17th between 3 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. That's the peak. And you want to take a nice look at the whole sky in general, okay? You don't want to be looking at a particular spot or looking through a telescope or binoculars. You just want to go out and look at the sky. But you might note that the meteors appear to come from the radiant, which is in the lion's head or the sickle of Leo the lion. What I'd like to tell my students is um, you can't just go out for 30 seconds and expect to see one. Uh, the odds of that are very low, not impossible, but very low. So at least dedicate 15 minutes and just say, look, I'm gonna go out, lie down for 15 minutes and look at the sky for 15 minutes, not my phone. I'm gonna turn off all the lights and dedicate 15 minutes and you should see one at least, okay? All right, then the next two days, the 18th and 19th, we've got a nice close encounter between the moon, Jupiter, and Saturn. All you have to do is get out after sunset and find the moon toward the southwest, low on the horizon, and a thin waxing crescent. On the 18th, the moon will be down and to the right of Jupiter, the brightest point nearby, with Saturn to the left of Jupiter and also right. But then on the 19th, the moon moves to the left of Saturn, forming a very flat triangle with Jupiter and Saturn. Now, this is definitely an easy sight to see, but also a very worthwhile sight to see with your own eyes. Maybe if you have a good camera and some know-how, you can get a good picture. Uh, but get out there before 8 p.m. because that is when they set. Then about a week later, you've got a close encounter between the moon and Mars. So you just have to get out there after sunset and find the waxing gibbous moon with, uh, sorry, toward the southeast. And you've got red ruddy Mars close and bright and just five degrees above it. So if we review, uh, we've got the 11th to the 13th, you've got the moon in the morning with Venus and Mercury. The 17th is a Leonid meteor shower. The 18th to the 19th is the moon with Jupiter and Saturn. And the 25th is the moon with Mars. So let's take a moment, even though it's an audio medium, to talk about some of the constellations. So if you're taking a look outside, make sure you get a sky map from uh, skymaps.com. They do a wonderful job every single month. Now, if you're looking pretty much straight up after dinner, you should be able to find Pegasus and Andromeda. 
basically just look straight up and you should be able to see this great big square of stars, uh, which is called the Great Square of Pegasus. And Andromeda actually curves off off of one corner, kind of looking like a cornucopia or um, one of those horn trumpet things. Now, if your skies are decently dark, you might also be able to catch the faint fuzz up there, which is the Andromeda galaxy. Now, if you go out before bed, let's say 10 o'clock, you should still be able to see Andromeda, but also Perseus, Triangulum, and Aries. So here's what you do. Find Pegasus off to the west a little bit, um, and find the cornucopia-shaped Andromeda again. Now keep following the cornucopia shape to find Perseus, which has kind of a similar shape, uh, except it opens up toward the southern horizon and the Pleiades. And below Perseus and Andromeda will be Triangulum, a thin, small triangle. And Aries the Ram, which looks like not a ram, but more like a curved walking cane on its side. But let's say you're an early bird and you get up while it's still dark. Um, what do you want to see before work? Well, just go, go look southwest and find the vertical bow tie that is Orion the Hunter. It's just an absolutely gorgeous sight. So um, that's it for November of 2020. Don't forget that you can find the podcast on mrweb.podbean.com or search Observing with Web on Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, there's also a video of this on my YouTube channel, Mr. Web PV, all one word. And I can be found on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle. And the Pequot Valley Planetarium is at PV Planetarium on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure you pay attention because I might just be doing some live streaming with a very smart friend of mine. So with that, uh, I'd like to wish you all very clear, dark skies for the month of November.